0: Hey, Tree Line, it's Brian here with Garrett. Garrett is our worship pastor, and we are so excited to do something a little bit different. We haven't done this before, uh, so you'll have to let us know how it goes in the comment section. <laughs> but we're doing something a little different, and we're yeah. going to have a conversation about worship. So as I said, Garrett is our worship pastor and we thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of talk about that and we're a church a little bit over a year, year and a half Um, and so worship is something, a culture that we're still developing, still building and Mm -hmm. just wanted to kind of have a basic conversation and talk about what worship is and what that is about. But before we dive into that we thought it'd be a little bit fun to talk a little bit about our story Mm -hmm. um, of Garrett and how we met um, and a little bit of his journey um, being a worship pastor and so for me um, before we started Treeline, many of you know the story. I was a youth pastor at a church in the state of Indiana. was a church plant, much like Treeline. Uh, and as the youth group got started, we were a church plant. We started from nothing. We didn't have a place to meet. We didn't have a budget. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't have people. We didn't have anything. Yeah. And so as the youth group was getting started, mm-hmm. um, we were wanting to have youth-led worship, student-led worship, students in a band, just like we have on Sunday, leading us in worship. Um, so at that point, And Garrett can attest to how terrible this was. And you can tell him the truth. Um, (laughs) I led to tracks. We would have a track and I would sing. I know some of you can't believe that and picture it. And thankfully that was before we videoed stuff and put it online. It wasn't that bad, but it was terrible. Um, And so (laughs) it's true. And so um, I put the challenge out there to some of the students, student leaders, which Garrett was one of and said, Hey, we would like to have a student led band. If anyone would like to be a part of that, let me know. Well, Mm -hmm. long story short, after that meeting, Garrett comes up to me um, and says, says, you know, he feels called to be a part of that worship team. Um, and so I'm like, oh, that's great. See a student respond so quickly. And I said, mm-hmm. so do you, do you sing? And he was like, no, not, not, not really. And I'm like, oh, okay. We, well, what instrument do you play? Do you play an instrument? And he's like, kind of not, not really. And I'm like, oh, well, this is going to go over really well <laughs> and see how this goes. But then it kind of set off a, a track. Um, for Garrett and I'll let him share some of that story of what that looked like of when he gave that initial yes and stood up to the the call and helped us out with worship.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, uh, for me growing up and in the youth group, like Brian says, a student leader, I started owning my faith, um, around 14 or 15, uh, which is when I came to Brian with this, uh, kind of, um, feeling that I, it was something that I needed to do and, um, didn't really know why, (laughs) um, Because I didn't, as Brian said, didn't know how to play or sing or anything like that. Just knew that it was something that I felt like God was calling me to do. So yeah, I I started uh, I started learning from the worship pastor and getting mentored under his leadership at the church that I was at in Indiana, and I was terrible. Uh, I was terrible for <laughs> I was terrible for you know eight nine months. He's not a lying. year, maybe a little bit longer than that, <laughs> uh, and slowly progressing, slowly getting better, and slowly just. And just to interrupt you to pause on that, he's not lying. They would be no, practicing. So I'd be
0: in my office working on a message, <laughs> so and they'd be bad. in like the next room, and I'd have to go shut the door. And I'm like, I'm gonna have to like Simon Cowell this kid and. Like, <laughs> Like tell him like there's no way that you can lead worship. I mean it was it was terrible, yeah. and I know you guys know Garrett now and hear him lead. You can't believe that's possible.
1: It's possible. So, it, yeah. So go it ahead. Was bad. Sorry, my parents it can there. even attest to all that, too. Yeah. I've got plenty of stories. But but yeah, so it's, it started from that point of leading worship and continually feeling um, like that was something I continue. God was continually leading me, leading me to do. Um, so I, I ended up coming on part-time staff at my church in high school in Indiana um, and led worship there part-time my senior year and junior year. And then uh, went to school for that in college in South Carolina and, and went to schooling after that and then ended up here uh, a couple years ago. So, yeah, that's kind of my story and how that kind of all played out. But, but yeah.
0: And it, the progression was pretty amazing, and, and Garrett's being pretty modest. He worked really hard, a um, lot of lot of time and effort learning to play guitar, getting vocal lessons, really putting the effort into it. Um, but even beyond that, I, and I think where we're going to get into this conversation in a little bit. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about the skill, and it wasn't just about being technically excellent in worship. Mm-hmm. There was really something, and I, I think, going on inside of you, and you could attest to that for the heart of worship. Mm-hmm. So that it wasn't just, hey, I can stand here on stage, and it wasn't a Desire to be in front of people, it was more of a desire of being a true worship leader who leads people in worship, not just in music. So I think that's what we're going to dive into a little yeah. bit today. Yep that idea of what worship is and why it's important. And as a Christ follower, um, you know, why do we worship? And when, what does worship exactly mean? And mm-hmm. I'll throw this out there. And I, I think, Gary, you probably back me up on this. But a lot of times when people think of worship, the first image or thing that we think about is singing. We think of music or we think of a, a corporate worship setting um, coming together. Maybe you've even heard a church service called a worship service before. Yeah. People think of that like, you know, corporate coming together, worshiping all together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first thing I think we can really dive into is this idea of the difference between outward and inward worship. For I'll sure. let you speak to that, the difference between the outward and the inward worship. What, what's the difference in between the corporate and then the inward worship?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think a lot of what we do on Sunday mornings at Treeline, um, you know, I say this all the time uh, during... You know the singing part of service, the worship part of service. There, that that worship is putting our minds' attention, our hearts' affection, on Jesus. So really, that correlates both, not just in you know in a, in a corporate setting, but also in a in a personal setting, like Brian said. So um, I think in a corporate setting and an outward expression of that for worship is what we do on Sunday mornings, right? It's getting together and gathering, um, but but also you know singing. Um, Giving, tithes and offerings, communion, serving, all those things. Um, Then in an inward perspective, I think that looks like, you know, how we live our lives. That worship isn't, you know, just what we do on Sunday mornings, but worship is a lifestyle. It's how we live our lives. So, you know, worship on a personal level and an interpersonal level is, I really think, looking a lot like, you know, spending time in the Word and praying and serving on Sunday mornings, maybe that's a way that we do that. And um, yeah, maybe listening to worship music in our private time and yeah. I think I think that really hits on most of them. And we really do see
0: this in the Bible. Jesus himself kind of disrupts this idea of we just thinking of worship as an external process or something that's only on the outside or things that we do in corporate gatherings. Matter of fact, in the book of John, he was um, with a, he had just met a Samaritan woman and he was Mm -hmm. a Jewish guy. And so their cultures were a little bit different. And so we see here in John four, starting in verse 20, this, this interaction that they have together. And she says to him, so tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem, Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here on Mount Gerizim I don't know if I'm saying that right. Gerizim? Gerizim. Gerizim? Gerizim. We don't know. Where our ancestors worshiped. They basically worshiped on a mountain, and they were saying, Jesus, you you say that we have to worship there in Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. But this is Jesus' reply, and this is really interesting, because her question is saying, where are we supposed to worship? Where is the right place to have this corporate expression? And Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in mm-hmm. Jerusalem, basically saying, the physical location, it doesn't yeah. matter. He says, you Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But then he continues in verse 23, Mm. but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him in that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. In truth. Mm -hmm. And so this is that idea that worship is something that we don't just do in a corporate setting and he's basically telling this this woman that yeah, our cultures are different and where we worship is not as important as worshiping in spirit and in truth basically saying that it's not just about the outward expression of where you physically come to worship like coming to worship at church on Sunday for us in our culture but it's about your spirit what's going on on the inside it's that private expression it's those prayer times it's that that Bible time. It's spending time with God and it's in journaling and it's really the heart issue of getting mm. to worship. And this is something that we were talking about as we were prepping this talk yeah. is that outward worship comes from the overflow of our inward worship worship. Yeah. And I think that's something that you really encourage people in is that idea um, that it's not just about what's going on on the outside, but on the inside.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of that, you know, um, in a lot of churches and, and sometimes at Treeline too, you'll see people raising their hands or or closing their eyes in different ways of worship. And we at Treeline just try to express all the time that um, there's no right way to worship yeah. God, that we can worship in multiple different ways. So for some people that's, uh, you know, that's maybe sitting down or maybe that's opening up their hands, whatever that looks like for the individual. Individual, but, but really, what we're saying is that uh, that what's happening inside our hearts will cause us, and you know, some people will be um, very outward expressive for worship, and some people won't, and that's okay. Um, but yeah, our inward worship and the overflow of that will lead to the outward worship that we see. So.
0: And as we talk about this, an idea—you know—this idea that it's not just about the outward, the corporate expression, because that's many times. and Let's just be honest: when we think about worship, that's what we think about. We think about singing hymns, if you grew up in a traditional church, or some of the modern praise and worship that we sing now. Um, we think of the worship service as that is worship, but really, there is that idea of the there's that external, the outward worship that we do, but that inward worship mm-hmm. um, really needs to be wh- where that outward expression comes from, um, which really leads us to this idea: is that worship is. not not just about church stuff. Yeah. And I think this is something that a lot of people and myself, I have to have this heart check all the time. It's really easy to think that worship is simply about doing church things or spiritual things. And, and yeah. by, by that, I mean, like we think like prayer or Bible or singing songs about God. We consider all those things. And those are worship, but worship doesn't stop there. Yeah. Worship is actually not just about church stuff. And we see that um, specifically in Romans 12, one through two. Mm-hmm. And this is really amazing. Um, Paul is telling the church in Romans, he says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead for you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. And then catch this, Mm. this is truly the way to worship him. Yeah. So everything is an act of worship. Yes. Yep. And When we were talking about this and thinking about some ideas and ways we communicate that churches just goes beyond just being something that we do on an outward expression, but it's that inward one. And it's not just about church stuff. But when you think about it that way, that he's saying, offer your body as a living sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I mean, this puts everything on the table. Everything is an act of worship. This is your your relationships, your marriage, your relationship with your kids, your sex life, your finances, your career, the way you treat people in traffic. I know that's kind of funny, right? Yeah. But the way you treat others, that is an act of worship. That everything that we do, and the Bible even tells us over and over again, there's several verses even throughout the New Testament that say, whatever you do, you're doing to the glory of God. And what yep. you do, you're giving God worship by the way that you live your life.
1: Yeah. Yep. And as we continue, to you know that... that Yeah, the everything that we do is worship, the everything that we do. Um, So it isn't just about singing. It's not just about serving. It's not just about doing those outward things. But God doesn't just want those things. He wants our heart. It's the actions that we do um, and the way that we express ourselves in worship in that way, in an outward sense, um, that lead us to um, God having our hearts. And and that's really what he wants. So it continues to go on in Matthew 15. Verses eight through nine, it says this, it says, these people make a big show of saying the right thing, but their heart isn't in it. They act like they're worshiping me, but they don't mean it. They just use me as a cover for teaching whatever suits their fancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's really amazing
0: here, because this is Jesus actually quoting um, an Old Testament prophet who said this very thing, and he's calling some people out who are basically just going through the motions. Their heart's not really in it. And I think this really is important, that God just wants your heart. That's really what worship is. See, worship is just worth-ship. It's what you assigned worth to. It's what you assigned value to, the highest value in your life. Matter of fact, many times people, because you, you can worship God or you cannot worship God, but you're going to worship something. Yeah. You are going to worship something. And matter of fact, many times the people around us who are closest to us, who know us well, they can pretty much tell us what it is that we worship. Yep. I remember one time we were uh, was driving with another pastor friend in the city and we were coming across... the the Fort Pitt Bridge, uh, and to the left there was the stadiums, and he kind of joked, he was like, and here's where the city comes to worship. You know, joking, because <laughs> you know the Steelers and um, the Pirates play there. Uh, and and it, it's kind of a joke, but really, you can worship anything. Anything can become something that you worship. Uh, and so Even good really, things. Yeah, even good things. It may yeah. not even be bad. It could be a great thing, like the Steelers or the Pirates or the Penguins. Uh, but we, we're all going to <laughs> we're all gonna worship something, but we have to come to the realization that God wants our heart. Mm-hmm. That's not about Going through the motions. I don't know if you caught that in this passage. It's not about just saying the right things. It's not about just singing the right songs or making it look like you have a posture of worship at church. God's not interested in any of that outward expression. Now, if it's coming from the overflow of your heart, right? That's awesome. That that is true worship. But yeah. God wants our heart, and I really think this is important that we have to examine our motives. Yes. Does Does God have our hearts? Is it something that we're, we're doing, that it's an outward expression for the, the inward things that God is doing in us, that we desire to follow after and that we love him, that we're willing to put him above the good things in our life. Even as Garrett was saying, like some yeah. of the, some of those things are good. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with some of the, God may have brought an incredible spouse. To you may have gifted you with children. You may have been fortunate to be blessed to have a, a great income and a home that you love and be able to go on vacations and all those. Those are all great things and God wants us to enjoy life. The issue is, is when those become elevated above God, and that we're assigning the higher worship, the worship to those things, then that shows that God really doesn't have that first place in our heart. And that's what he's after. Yeah. Yeah. And so I I, I like this one. We were talking about this today, this idea, um, you know, God wants your heart and and Garrett kind of hinted on this earlier. Sometimes you see people when you come into a worship experience or you, maybe you've been to church and you see someone who is just just in the moment and they're just passionately worshiping God. And, you, and you've always wanted to be like, and you just see a, a hand in the air. You see someone mm-hmm. with, with tears in their eyes and they're just into the song and they know every word and they're just hanging on every moment in the worship and they're like, like what's how do I get that? Right? Like, how yeah. do I get a piece of that action? That, that's amazing. Like, I, I yeah. wish I could feel that. And you might just say, I, I don't feel that. Mm-hmm. I've never really felt that emotion. And so something I think it's really important for us to talk about is that idea that what if I don't feel like worshiping? Yeah. What if I don't feel like in the moment?
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think what it really comes down to is that worship isn't it's it's like a it's it's like a husband and wife relationship, right? That you don't always feel like loving. Your, I mean, I'm not married, but from what I've heard, and my parents. He's single and available. Ladies. I'm single and available. <laughs> uh, what what I can what I can point out, just looking at other um, relationships, that love isn't always a feeling, right? That I've seen my parents get upset with one another. I've seen other. Um, spouses get upset with one another and love isn't always easy, right? The love is a choice that we have to consistently make. It's like anything in life, like working out or eating right or anything like that. It's a, it's a discipline that we have to, yeah. um, you know, we have to cultivate That's in our good. lives. So,
0: and so, uh, Garrett has this verse
1: in Habakkuk and you may have heard him share this at, at tree line. I'll let you read this. Yeah. One. I've shared it a couple of times before, but, um, it's Habakkuk three, 17 through 19 or however you would want to pronounce that. Uh, even though the fig trees have no blossoms, And there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. So essentially the authors here is just saying pretty much if everything's going to crap, if everything's not, everything's terrible, everything's everything's (laughs) not working out. I love verse 18 though. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. So, yeah, it's, I love that verse so much because it points to the fact that everything doesn't have to be going right. And honestly, yeah. And honestly, uh, in life, it's God promises and tells us in Scripture, right, that things aren't going to be easy. That's right, the things been. are going to be tough. So a lot of times we not, might not be on the mountaintops, but we might be in the valleys. Um, Jesus Himself said,
0: "You you will have trouble in this life." I and mean, yeah. He just pretty much comes out and says it. Hey, in this world, in this life, it's you're you're going to have trouble. be hard. Yeah. As you read that, I just was thinking this this could be like 2020's verse. Yes. Year 2020. I mean, it's yeah. just, you know everyone's ready so to good. hit that reset button. You know, it just seems there are fig trees now have no blossoms. You know, all the stores are closed. I can't go to the pool. I'm stuck in the house with my kids. I'm having to homeschool my kids. My unemployment's insecure. I don't know what's going on. Yep. And it says, I love that. Everything that's going on is terrible as all the situation is. And it doesn't even have to be COVID-19. Life is just tough. But I just love that in verse 18, as you're reading that, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes you're just not going to feel like it. And I yeah. love what they say here in Habakkuk. And let's just agree that it's Habakkuk because I just can't believe God would name anyone <laughs> Habakkuk. Because I've heard it pronounced Habakkuk, but we're just going to go on the record today and say it's Habakkuk. I don't know. But anyway, I, I love that verse and an idea and something we we were talking about, the emotions and the feelings that come with it, that I'm a pastor and I have to speak in front of a church every Sunday and, yep. and Garrett is a worship pastor and he has to lead uh, people in a team and a, and a church in worship every week. And, uh, there are some Sundays I don't feel like it. Yeah. How
1: about you, Garrett? Yeah. The, I hate to break it to everybody, but there are definitely times <laughs> on Sunday mornings where I... That's Shocker. the least least thing I want to do is do that. But, but again, like we said, that that's something that we do because... We want to bring that sacrifice of worship. We want to bring that worship to Christ. Right. Sometimes um, you're not going to feel it. Sometimes you're not going to feel like
0: God. Sometimes you will. Sometimes yeah. life's going great. God answers a prayer. Yep. Things are going your way. Your relationship with God is new. You have that excitement. You want to praise him. He's sure. good. And then sometimes you're like... I mean, come on, there's some books in the Old Testament. We were talking about lamentations earlier where like the author is just like, this is terrible. You are terrible, God. We're all terrible, but yet I'm still going to praise you. And sometimes you just get to that point. You're not going to feel like it. Yeah. You're not going to feel the emotion. You're not going to want to, but you're going to have to just make the decision um, that you're just going to follow through. And you're going to say, God, you are good, regardless of my circumstance. For sure. That what you've done for me, that you've yeah. created me, that you've given me life, that you've sent Jesus. And even if everything else were to go terrible in life, that would be enough that God would be worthy of the worship that we can give him. Yeah, good. But it's not just about that feeling. It really goes to our, our motivation. So as we, we button this up today, we wanted to kind of give you a few practical steps, some things that say, okay, now that we hear all of that, as we, we talk about all of those things and, and kind of understand that there's that outward expression and there's the inward expression mm-hmm. of worship and that the outward is just an overflow of the inward. And we talked about that it's not just about church stuff or spiritual things or what we consider spiritual, we found out that everything is spiritual and active worship, that God wants our whole life and that he wants our heart, that God doesn't want us to go through the motions. God's not like, hey, great. They came in and sang some songs to me that that's the ultimate God. God isn't worried about the songs that you're singing. He just wants your heart. And if he has your heart and you're singing those songs because of that, that's the goal. That's, that's true worshiped. And if you don't feel like worshiping, you still got to choose to live a lifestyle of worship. Just like Garrett said, it's a perfect illustration. Sometimes you're not going to feel like loving someone, even if it's not a spouse, even if it's a friend or a child or whoever. I mean, come on. Sometimes you're not going to feel <laughs> like loving them. Sometimes you're going to feel like doing a few other things. A few other uh, things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but we've got to do that. So how do we cultivate a lifestyle of worship. How do we do that?
1: Yeah, so the first point that we have here um says I must choose to intentionally cultivate a lifestyle of worship. Uh basically I said when we were prepping this earlier it's like you just have to choose to do it. You have to you have to wake up early, you have to read your Bible. Um you have to get in in alone space with Christ and and uh yeah, just make time for him. Make time for him to worship him inwardly so You know, that overflows in an outward expression. Basically, Mm -hmm. you've got to make the decision to own it. It's like anything.
0: Anything worth doing in life is uphill and living a lifestyle of worship is going to be uphill. Sometimes it's not going to be easy. You're gonna have to make the choice, but you have to be intentional to cultivate that. Um, and, And so how do we do that? The second thing that we have for us is that we've got to cultivate inward expressions of worship. We've got to cultivate inward expressions. So some of those inward expressions, what does that look like practically? That looks like spending time in your Bible. The yep. Bible app is a great way to do yes. that. You can just open it up. There's lots of devotions. You can read with a friend. You can read with your spouse. You can do that. That's a really great way to develop that inward worship lifestyle. Never been when, easier. Yeah. You know, oh man, so much easier yep. today than ever before. You can listen to worship music on your own. You can have a certain set devotional time um, during the day. You can sermons. Yeah, all of those things. You can develop yep. that, that inward worship. You can really have a heart check. Check your attitude. Um, coming to God in prayer. Revealing your heart to Him. Being honest. Being open. Being transparent. It with him um, developing that that intimacy that only comes from an inward expression of worship mm. but you've got to do some things and put some habits in place to develop those those um, inward expressions of worship
1: yeah. Yep, and the third the third one is cultivating outward expressions of worship uh, from the overflow. So that's cultivate outward expressions of worship from the overflow. So as we just talked about inward expressions, you know that looks like from an outward perspective. Um, I mean, you guys attend Tree Line. I'm assuming if you're watching this, uh, and if you don't attend Tree Line and you're watching this, you have a local church. I'm sure that you go to, um, or that you can go to, or that if you can. don't. We'll <laughs> help you find one. Or if you can't, I mean, that you go to, but you're not at right now because of COVID. But, um, you know, once, once everything starts reopening, um, outward expressions, uh, in church, you know, that looks like getting on a team serving, um, yeah, giving, uh, giving a lot, a lot of different ways. And then, and then really just again, talking about worship as a lifestyle that it's not just on Sunday mornings, but how we live our lives. But, um, Telling people you know about Jesus, uh, the great commission, uh, telling people, maybe it's a coworker or a friend or or whoever it may be, but, um, spreading the gospel to people that, you know, and then, yeah, um. That just idea,
0: if outward if outward expressions don't stop at just church stuff, as we said earlier, just spiritual things or what we perceive to be spiritual when everything truly is spiritual, right. um, that it not just stop with those corporate expressions, but it's understanding that for you, um, cultivating a worship and outward expression may be treating your spouse differently with the love of Christ. Yep. It may look like healing or forgiving a relationship or, or mending mm. a, a torn or burnt down bridge with someone else because you're going to love them with the love of Christ. It, it, it might look like dealing with some sin patterns in your life. It might look like dealing with your finances or getting some things in order because recognizing everything is worship. So that might look different for each of us. But my encouragement, our encouragement would be to, yeah. to find some place to begin to cultivate that outward worship and understand um, even more so than singing songs of worship on Sunday mm. morning with us corporately. Um, that God wants you to cultivate those expressions. He just wants your heart, which leads us to um, the fourth one, live your life as if God... Has your heart? I love this one. Live your life as if God has your heart. We said it. And I'll say it one more time. That worship is simply worth ship. What are you assigning worth to? Yep. What is the thing that has the most value in your life? It's not just about worshiping those good things or worshiping even things that are wrong in your life, but it's assigning and saying, God, that you are first and foremost in my life right. and I'm going to worship you with everything that I got in every area and that we're going to live our life as God as if God is number one mm-hmm. in our heart. And it's a really great filter. You can start filtering and seeing it through that lens in my career, in my relationship, in, in my finances, and all of those things, in my thought life, in the words that I speak, and the conversations I have with yeah. others. Am I putting God first? Am I honoring God in all of those things? Yes. That's, that's really a great litmus test. Are we living a lifestyle of worship? Are we putting God first in every single area? Because friends, let's just be honest, just level with you. Until you decide to put God first in every single area of your life, we really have to begin to ask ourselves the question, does he really have our heart? Yeah. And sometimes that'll be easy. Sometimes that might come naturally. Sometimes like me, I don't know about for you, Gear. I have to work at it. Yes. There's some areas in <laughs> my life where I have to like, I'm like, God, you can have every area of my heart, but not this, not that thing. God, don't, don't put your hand on that. I, I this, I've got to have this, just give this to me. Right. But yeah. God wants it all. He wants all of you. And so that really for us is four practical ways. Choose to intentionally cultivate a lifestyle of worship, cultivate an inward expression of worship, cultivate an outward expression of worship that comes from the overflow of what's going on on the inside. And the last one is live your life as God has your heart. I love that.
1: Yeah, that's
0: good. Um, So that's what we got for
1: you today in sharing worship. Uh, Garrett, would you mind praying for us today? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Lord, and we just thank you so much for who you are. God, that you are God worthy of worship. You are God worthy of praise. God, more than just for 20, 30 minutes on a Sunday morning, God, with every aspect of our life, God, you are so worthy of our love and affection. God, we... Give you all the praise and the glory. I thank you for the word, God, that you um, gave to Brian and myself, Lord, to to share um, with everybody at TreeLine, Lord. I just pray that um, that we wouldn't just leave it here, that we wouldn't just leave it wherever we're watching this, uh, but that it wouldn't just go out in one year and out the other, Lord. That we would be able to apply these things to our life, God. They're practical, but oftentimes, Lord, the thing the things that seem so simple, God, are in reality or <laughs> difficult, Lord. Um, we just pray for strength, for guidance, Lord, and we just thank you so much for who you are, God. You are worthy of our praise. We give it all to you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Friends, if you're watching today, we want to give you an invitation to truly give your heart to God. To begin to live a lifestyle of worship, you've got to surrender your life to the one who created it all and gave you life. And so we just want to invite you today that if you've never said a prayer and invited Christ into your life, you've never surrendered and made him Lord of your life. Simply saying, I can't do this on my own, that I don't got this. And here's the great news. It's not all on us. See, yeah. coming to a relationship with God, you don't have to have your life all figured out. You don't have to have it all. You don't have to have your life all cleaned up and perfect and have some cape and be some, some super clean person. No, God God wants yeah. us in the mess. This is the good news of who God was. God wants us, even though we're a crazy mess, that he yes. loved you in the midst of the mess that he loved you where you were at. So if that's you today, I just want to encourage you just to repeat after me and pray this simple prayer and say, God, I just need you to come in my, I need you that I can't do this on my own. I need you to come into my life. I want you to have my heart. So just repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear Jesus, I believe in you. Come into my heart. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow after you every day of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey friends, if you said that simple prayer today and you believed it in your heart, we believe you made the first step in becoming a lifelong follower of Jesus. If you wouldn't mind just doing something for us now, just simply sending the word rejoice to nine seven zero zero zero. 0 Why the word rejoice? Great question. Because it says that when even one person comes to relationship with Jesus, yep. comes into the relationship with the Father, all of heaven is rejoicing. They're throwing a party in your honor right now. Man, what a glorious day that would be to see that. And so we just encourage you, Text that word, rejoice, was on the screen there. And we just want to follow up with you, help you make some next steps, really help you make a lifelong decision to follow after Jesus. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this. I know it's a little bit different. Um, let us know what you think, but thank yeah. you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Garrett, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for your thoughts. And I know you guys appreciate Garrett and just so appreciate his heart for worship, not even just musically, but his heart for worship as he leads us as a church in worship. We're just so fortunate and blessed as a church to have such an amazing worship leader. And Garrett. So, thank you guys so much for joining us. And then Garrett's going to lead us in the song as we wrap up today. And we'll see you in the lobby in Zoom here shortly. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. Our mission is to see family trees changed by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.